Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. This is Tuesday morning, June 15th. I'm Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. And I've enjoyed reading the comments here uh, beforehand. I asked the group, what's the easiest way to become a millionaire? And I'm enjoying, uh, uh, Joel, I think, said the, the most difficult way, and that is actually work for it. What does he say? Spend less than you make and save for the future and do it for a long, long time. That's one way. That's probably the surest way. And then someone else here says, marry into it. Well, that might be just as hard as working for it. I don't know, because we're talking about the easiest way. But actually, Auntie Meme got the right answer. And that is someone give it to you. Can I tell you, a few weeks ago, I was traveling and, and I came home a millionaire as a result of someone giving it to me. Yes, literally. Someone gave me a, a million, well, it wasn't dollars. It was, I believe that's called Boliviars. Bolivars. Here they are. These are from Venezuela. This is one million Boliviars, if I'm pronouncing that right. 20 years ago, this would have been worth 250,000 US dollars. Today, it's probably worth a dollar, maybe, maybe less. Let that sink in. I suppose the easiest way is if someone gives it to you or what, the, what I was going to say is you want to become a millionaire, get some Venezuela cash, but realize the Venezuela cash is worthless. It's not really worth the paper it's printed on. It's, uh, it's been so devalued. And why? Why has this country that was once one of the wealthiest, has, has more natural resources than almost any country in the world, was once the wealthiest country of South America, and now is one of the poorest countries of the world, what happened? What happened is called socialism. And I want to talk about it for just a moment today because we're learning how to answer questions that people pose to us. And yes, this economic issue is a Christian issue. And I'll explain why today, all right? So I'm glad you're along with us. If you're new, Welcome to you. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, Leave a, hit the notify button, and share with your friends. And if you're with us every day, I thank you for being along with us. And I, I know that these times are blessing you. Come back day by day, and I'm thankful that you're doing so. It's a blessing to me to be sharing these things with you as well. So what do you say to a person who says, and I hear this a lot, I'm for equality, and the way to equality is socialism. America should be socialist because that's the way to equality. And answering with the FFDPQ method, here's what I would say. I would say, I, just, I can see how you feel that way. You know, others have felt that way too. Until they discovered socialism requires people to surrender their freedom. I'm curious. Are you willing to surrender your freedom and become a slave to the government so that everyone can be more equal? That's really what we're talking about. You know, in, in, our, in our modern culture and our education and the way we talk, we often say that the opposite of 
socialism is capitalism. And this really was a term that Marx used, Karl Marx. Now, you might not know a lot about Karl Marx, but Karl Marx was a bad person. I don't have time to go into it a lot here today, but I'll just say this. He was filled with greed, envy, hatred, anger. Karl Marx had his Ph.D. from the university, but he hardly worked a day in his life. Rather, he sat around and drank each day, miserable, miser, miserating at how he didn't have the things he wanted. Two of his children died of starvation in their youth. He was supported by a guy named Engels, who got his money from his father, who was a capitalist. And Marxism has always appealed, it teaches the concept that there are really two groups of people in the world. This is why Marxism never really took hold in America, because we have this large middle class in America. But it, was, it taught that there's two groups of people that had to be set against one another, the bourgeois and the proletariat, those who are ruling or those who are the oppressors and those who are oppressed. And Marx saw all of, all of history as a battle between the oppressor and the oppressed, and he saw it economically. And, and, and uh, that the oppressors, the, the arc of history would always be that the oppressors would rise up and overthrow the oppressed. And so this is what he saw. And so socialism, and he, was, he felt of himself as the oppressed and wanted a revolution. And indeed, we've seen a revolution. And in the 20th century, as a result of Marxism, communism, socialism, we saw more tyranny, an increase in tyranny, and an increase in, in just murders and, and government genocides than at any time in the history of the world. A lot of young people don't know about this. You know, a lot of young people today, if you talk to them, they don't know what the Iron Curtain was. They don't know about Eastern Europe. They don't know about the, the, that the Soviet Union was once a world superpower. They don't realize the Cold War. They don't know about these things. They don't know what the fall of the Berlin Wall was all about. These things many of them are ignorant of. And consequently, this promise of socialism is the idea that, oh, everybody can be equal. There are no losers. There are no poor. It's, a, it's an idealistic, utopian idea in which if you just give power to the government, the government will assure that no one loses, and it redistributes wealth, and there would be no income inequality. Everyone would have everything, and this utopia. But what we find, wherever we give up freedom and wherever we seek this, what we find in reality is people become equally poor, equally miserable, equally defeated. Because why? Let's be honest. The freedom in America has led to more prosperity for more people than any other system in the history of the world. Even the poor in America, even those who are considered in poverty, probably have a smartphone, air conditioning, running water, indoor plumbing, may have a car, have a chance to, to get an education. Things that we take for granted that are common in, our, in America, that everybody has in America, has access to America, much of the world has never, never had. Why? It's because we have this system of freedom. Now, freedom is a Christian thing. Our founding fathers knew this. They wanted us to be free. They, they saw that freedom was very important if we're to worship God. They did not want people to be coerced to worship God. They wanted people to worship God freely from their heart to choose their faith in God because they realize that love and true faith can never be coerced. 
the Bible talks a lot about freedom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 23, Paul is talking to people who have been who are slaves. And he says to them, If you're able, are you called all slave? Don't worry about it. But if you're able to become free, become free, for that's so much better. That's better. And then in verse 23 says, You were bought with a price. Do not become the slaves of men. Brothers and sisters, those of us who live in America, and I know people join us from other parts of the world, but those of us who live in America have been given a great gift in freedom. Freedom of religion, freedom of thought, freedom of association, freedom to pursue whatever occupation you want, freedom to marry who you want. We have so many freedoms, freedom to travel free around the country. We have so many freedoms we take for granted, and it really is a great gift. People in socialist countries often don't have these freedoms. They're the, the government, because to in this pursuit of equality, what must be given is power must be given to the government to make sure that everything is redistributed. Once you give economic power to a government, you, lose, you soon lose your freedom. They're tied together. Don't, we've got to understand this. In Proverbs 22, verse 7, it says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. You know, all these Christian um, financial advisors, Dave Ramsey and Larry Burkett and, and these different people, they talk a lot about be careful about debt, get out of debt, because the borrower becomes the slave of the lender. And you don't want to get in that debt. You, are, you belong to God. You don't want to become a slave of a man because you, we are slaves of God. We're servants of God. And if we give ourselves as servants of another, we lose that freedom to serve God. And what we must also understand is that apart from the, the debt of, uh, or the slavery of debt, is the slavery becoming serfs, shall we say, of a government that gives us more and more and more and demands from us more and more and more. And that's how it is, the carrot and the stick. They always give us more and more, promise us more and more, and take more and more from us. Socialism. Communism, Marxism, they're all of the same tree. They're all the same, the trees, of, of branches of the same um, uh, trunk, the same tree. And what they, pro they, they offer us equality of outcome. We believe in America, we believe in justice gives equality of opportunity and equality before the law. But you cannot have equality of outcomes if there's freedom. Why? Well, obviously, some people work harder. Some people are more ambitious. Some people have more intelligence. Some people have more um, drive. These these are things that you that that where they come where they come from your family where they come from your you're born with them. I don't know. But people have different motivations, different drives. Some people are content with less. Some people say I'm willing to work long hard hours because I want more. Some people say I don't care to work. I don't care to have all that stuff. I'd rather have more free time. Freedom allows you to make those choices. Freedom uh, means that sometimes, though, people win and sometimes people fail. This isn't, a, a, you know, communism would be like the, the soccer kids team that everybody, you don't keep score and everybody gets a trophy no, no matter whether you win or lose. Who's going to try hard? Who's going who's gonna to try and score a goal? Everyone's going to, if, if, if everyone's a winner, no one's a loser, you don't even keep score. That's socialism. I say to students on campus, who, you know, if, if you, the idea that someone worked hard, stayed in at night, 
and, and, and on the final got an A and someone else didn't work. They went out and partied, got drunk the night before, and they took the final and got a D or an F. You know, let's say they got an F. They failed because they didn't work hard and they didn't do their homework and they didn't study for the test. Who wants to give that professor the power to take away some of the points from the person who got an A and say, we'll give you a C, change it to a C, and give some of your points to the person who got an F so they get a C. Everybody will pass. Everybody gets a C. Ultimately, that's what socialism does. It produces mediocrity. It produces, it, it takes away incentive, and people end up failing. And that's what we see. That's what we see. Back to my boulevard, boulevards. So I asked the fellow who gave these to me, a pastor down there, who the, the stories he was telling about how their country has been destroyed, destroyed, the infrastructure, the water system, electricity, food, access to necessities of life been destroyed. Over 5 million people have left the country. Basically, those who were able to have left, those who had the, the finances got out of there and have moved. I said, what, when you look back, can you, can you start to see things that happen that you, you look back now and you say, boy, if we would have recognized at this point what was going on, we could have stopped it. Or this was when it really changed. I said, could you recognize it? And he gave me two things. He said, yeah, the first thing, the government began to give people money. He said, that's, that's when we really started, when the government began to give people money. Oh, okay. Secondly, he said, the government began to set people against one another. In this case, the rich versus the poor, or the poor versus the rich. The government began to divide us against one another and turn us against one another. And when those things began to happen, it wasn't long before tyranny took hold. And, and, and socialism came in and our country was destroyed. I hope it doesn't happen in America, but I see these same things. Doesn't the government promise to give us more and more and more and more? Isn't the government setting us one group against another? In our day, it's, it's, it's less often economic because, I, like I said, we have such a large middle class. And yet it's still, there's still some, you know, the talk of economic inequality. It's greater so in our day. Marxism is setting us against one another based on race, based on uh, political standings and parties. And we all decry the tremendous diversity in our world today. Is it a conspiracy? Is there a plot? Yeah, obviously, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And those who want the overthrow of our country, those who want to bring America down, and there are people like that, and there are people within America who want that. Let's not be naive. They want to take, they want, they, they want to destroy this country because this country is a bastion of freedom. And it is a bastion of Christianity. And, it is, and, and we who believe in serving God and the freedom to serve God, let's not fall for the lure of socialism. I could talk about so much more about this. These are hours of conversation we could have about how do you help the poor? How do you help the people who are oppressed? Where is their oppression? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I could talk a long, long time, but let's go now to prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you today, Lord, confessing and acknowledging that there is tremendous darkness and deception in our land. We acknowledge, Lord, that in our school systems, in our government, often in coming from Hollywood, even, Lord, from, the, from big business, even from elitists, even from people who've made great sums of money, there is this lure of 
of uh, giving over our freedom and giving up our power as individuals and as and giving up our freedom as people in order to reach this utopia of greater and greater equality. We confess, Lord, we are grieved when we see people suffering. We are grieved when we see people who have been left behind. We are grieved, Lord, when we see people who are uh, who who continually barely make it and are financially in bondage. We pray, Lord, we don't think the answer is found in the government, though. We really do believe, Lord, that there are better answers. We believe, Lord, that freedom and then learning how to, how to manage money, learning how to work hard, learning how to save, learning, as, as Joel said here, learning how to live life in which you spend less than you make. And just do that consistently, regularly. And we thank you in America. There's opportunity for anyone. We acknowledge it's not easy. We acknowledge, Lord, it's, it's, uh, it takes discipline. It takes character. We acknowledge, Lord, that so much of our wealth in this country is the blessing of God. You have blessed us, Father. You've blessed our forefathers. You've blessed our families. And you've blessed, you're blessing us. We thank you for the the many things we take for granted, Father, that we sometimes complain because we don't have what some really wealthy person has, but so many of us, Lord, we have. Right now, we're on the internet. Right now, we're on a, a device of some sort. We're Every one of us, we, we have food on our table. We have a shelter over our head. We have running water, electricity, heat, and cooling. We have freedom to travel, a car. Lord, we have so many things, freedom, access to education, so many things that this free nation and your blessing upon us has provided us. Lord, we pray for we pray for those who are ungrateful for these things. We pray for those who don't realize and all they can do is criticize and find fault and see America as an oppressive country. I pray, Father, open their eyes to the reality, to the deceptions they're under. Fill us with gratitude. And we pray, Father, I pray that for the believers, I pray for people in this live stream, bless them financially. Lord, prosper them in many, many ways. Help us be prosperous that we might have the means to serve, to give, to bless other people. And those of us, Lord, anyone here really struggling financially, Lord, I pray that you would help them break through and you'd just give, you'd bring goodness their way, bring, bring, bring your favor their way, Lord. Open doors, bring new opportunities, new job, uh, new, new means, whatever it may be, Lord. I pray that this, this real curse of poverty that, that is over much of the world would not be on any of us, Lord. I pray for that in Jesus' name. I ask for that for us. And we pray, Lord, for the, so many people coming out of college thinking socialism is the answer, and they've been sold a bill of goods. They're, they're, they're in debt. They're in terrible debt, and they can't get a job because what they learned didn't, doesn't help them. All it does is make them angry and bitter and ungrateful. Lord, we need a great revival that touches us right down even to this very area of, of finance and money. And we pray, Lord, we'd, we'd see our country would see things more and more through your eyes, through the principles of Scripture that give us uh, freedom rather than bondage. We pray for this. We ask for a great revival. We know people need to find you. And we pray for that. We pray they find that freedom through faith in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we pray for these things. We pray for our government, our schools. We pray, Lord, this deception will be lifted from them. We pray our nation would never fall into the tyranny that we see in Venezuela and these other socialist countries. And we pray these things 
and ask you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. All righty, this is an important issue. This is, not, this is not secular stuff. This is spiritual stuff. As I've said before, everything is spiritual. Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and he's got a way for every aspect of life, everything in our culture, and so's the enemy. So's the enemy, our spiritual enemy, Satan, the devil. We don't want to follow his ways of tyranny and oppression. Thanks for being with me. Again, my, my blessings to you. I hope if you're new, make sure you subscribe, like the channel, like the message. It helps our YouTube um, uh, placement. So, so like and subscribe and notify and share with your friends. And we'll see you tomorrow morning where we continue on this discussion of or how to handle objections with the FFD uh, PQ method. And we will see you then. But until then, have a blessed day. God bless you. Bye-bye.